Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 46 of the Top Loaded Podcast. And you have two very happy gunners here. Um, I was not going to record this episode if the score went another way yesterday, but it went our way, as you can tell by the lovely attire that we've gone for today. So, Harry, what are we getting? Yeah, I don't think you can put it really any other, any other way. Um, we both said it's Arsenal shirt attire today for the uh, for the for the recording. So, yeah, brilliant weekend. Um, obviously, you know the the Manchester derby could have gone another way in terms of a result for us. Nonetheless, though, being the old scummer away at the scum as well, couldn't get much better than that. Um, I'm sure we just lost half of the Spurs listeners. Um, so if you do join back in after about five minutes, you know, you'll miss the, the slate in the Spurs. But um, yeah, it was a good weekend, mate. It was a good weekend. Yeah, I think it comes with a bit of a caveat now because I was thinking this last night of we're playing so well that our cards are going up in price every single game that we win. So before we could barely afford some of the really nice cards and now it's even harder. To... And the question of you can't find these nice cards anymore. I remember about a year and a half ago, you had your pick of what you wanted in the Arsenal card world, realistically. Now you see them go up and they're gone within seconds. Even on US eBay, I had it the other day. I see a jacket get listed up for like $3. And I was like, yeah, that's mine. And it was gone within about two minutes. So I do apologise if anyone did want that till to 49 Granite Jacker, but that was going home with me. So talking about what we picked up and before we get into our second part of the episode later on with our new feature, which would be following... One of our close friends uh, through the hobby, which is going to be quite interesting because he's starting up selling and breaking. And we thought we could be really beneficial, not just for us to see his growth, him as well. But for people out there who might be thinking about going into the journey of breaking or selling on different channels or at shows. So we're going to be following him for the next year. He'll be checking in with us every two to three months or specials along the line. But that's going to be very interesting. But we're going to talk about that a bit more coming up. But... I'm going to act like Fabrizio Romano right now because the top loaded podcast sources are telling me right now that HGA Cards UK is currently in negotiations. I'm going to say advanced negotiations on a Thierry Henry PSA card, but I've got to keep this on the download because I've heard Todd Burley is going to bid 100 million for this card <laughs> in about 10 seconds. So what card is it you're currently bidding on? Because this is one that could actually be agreed on and get the here we go at some point during the episode. Yeah, there was a um, it was a little uh, Thierry Henry uh, Champions League sticker from 2006 PSA nine that um, CC breaks listed up in his Instagram story about a couple of hours ago. Um, See, so yeah, I've literally have got a message on the screen now um, where you'll see trying to get the deal done. Um, I'm hoping Todd doesn't come in and try and nab me for you know five times the price. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can get that deal over the line and. Um, yeah, announced out of the Emirates in the in the next game. You can walk out on the pitch and what have you. Um, but yeah, hopefully that'll be a nice little pickup to add to the PC. Uh, once I've already got the Henri uh, first Arsenal sticker from 1999 and his second year from 2000, both obviously Merlin. So yeah, it would be good to add that to the, to the PC and to the collection, especially in a, in a PSA 9 from a sticker from, I mean, what, over 17... Yeah, 17 years ago. So, yeah, hopefully before the end of the episode, we can get that over the line. Um, but I know you've been a bit of a busy bee the last week in terms of your pickups, mate. Yeah, I've been picking up here a bit around the globe at the moment. Just found some really cheap deals that I thought I couldn't pass up on. I think everyone everyone out there now knows that Merlin is one of the nicer looking cards out there. I managed to pick up a 2175 uh, Bukayo Saka 
Aqua Speckle, which I think is one of the nicer parallels. I have it for Gabrielle, and I really do like it. I managed to pick it up for $2.30, which even if it doesn't... Rip off, rip off, mate. You've been done. (laughs) Even if it comes in terrible condition, it's still a good card to have in a PC. And if it does come in in a very good condition, it'll go off to grading anyway. So that's one of the pickups. And with it, the same seller, I actually did pick up a, a Revolution. I understand a lot of people not too keen on the revolution set itself but i picked up to 10 gabrielle obviously everyone knows one of the players who's been playing really well this season but is one of my main pcs i actually got to 10 for 11 dollars. i think it was in there 11 quid 14 dollars or whatever worked out which i couldn't complain at all for it to 10 and then my other pickup was a bit of a different one it was not a high grade or anything at all i uh picked up a 1996 panini world cup obviously from france at thierry Henry. it was a 6.5 in beckett but it, the center room was the only thing that let it down. The subgrades were 9.5 on the edges, 9 on corners, 9.5 on surface, and then a 5.5 on centering. So I'm thinking maybe cracking it down the line to the SGC and just see if I can get it bumped up. But I've got to say, there's been a load of pickups recently, which should be coming over from the States very soon. And there will be a video out at some point because there's a lot of good stuff in there. And I'm not sure if I can get into one part or two parts at the moment, but do pay attention because I will be putting that out at some point. Because like I say, there's some nice cards in there. And it's I think it's nice just to show people what you got sometimes. Because sometimes people don't know what the card looks like, see it, and then they want to pick it up. So yeah, it's been quite good, good bargains, I would say, this week, which is not normally the word I use when it comes to Arsenal cards. So I hopefully there'll be a few more coming up, especially Granite Shaka cards. So I need to pick up some more of them. Um but as ever, I've seen a lot more people picking them up. So fair enough. I had, I even had someone the other day message me and say, oh, I've just bought Granite Xhaka. I was like, well, people are rubbing it in now that they're picking up Xhaka's over me. But you got competition now, mate. That's I've got thing. competition, so it's great. So I'm going to have to, might have to put a little flex out on the story soon and just put all the all the Xhaka's I've got um, once they arrive back from America and China. So that's the pickups for this week. Obviously, one in negotiations currently, which we'll keep you up to date on. But I know we spoke about F1 Chrome last week and we've seen a bit more of the product from the unbelievable in terms of someone hitting TFF, obviously a good friend of the channel, hitting, I think it was 18 printing plates in one case, which I'm trying to work out the Mental. odd weight of that. And I've just thought, now the geezer at top's gone sod that. I can't be bothered to go and do it in different boxes. I'm just going to put them all in these ones. However, there's been some, let's just put it, laxed, uh, printing printing procedures or whatever they've done there, especially the QC on them, because why don't you say, why don't you say about some of these checkers that we've been seeing coming up from Card Collector 2 from everyone else what have been putting up their QC files, I would say. Yeah, I don't think we can probably sit here at this point and say it's surprising anymore. Um, you know, no matter how many products get released, tops always seem to let their quality control fail in some aspect. Um, but yeah, I think we've noticed a lot of the checkered um, inserts in um, F1 Chrome doesn't always match the driver and description on the back. I think I've seen it a few times where, you know, you've, you've had a, a Verstappen checker purple and it's got like a Lance Stroll description on the back. Um, so I don't quite know what's gone wrong with the uh, Tops QC control um, in that in that sort of way of life. But um yeah, I think it's, it's only from what I've seen happen in the checker. Um, but yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, you know, you're hitting, let's say you hit a one of one. 
Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris, Russell, whatever, in these checkers. And you've got, I mean, anybody else on the back. Um, it's not it's not fantastic. So hopefully tops will rectify the problem. But I mean, yeah. I mean, what what would you say if you hit a nice checker and let's say have Hamilton and you've got, you know, Pierre Gasly? I mean, I wouldn't mind that to to the drivers at IPC, but you know, you've got a you're a Hamilton PC and you've got a a lovely checker and you've got Pierre Gasly's description and details on the back. It's not exactly fantastic. So, um, I mean, the actual product itself, from what I've seen, the the cards are really nice. I know I've seen like a few Russell autos that have been here. I saw a, a Hamilton one of one Super Fractor. Um, I think I want to say it's uh it's not the image variation, but it's like another one of his. Set, wasn't the portrait is another separate image but that was such a nice image um i think that was hitting america um but yeah the cards are really nice the autos are really nice um obviously as we said last week verstappen is not actually redemption he has signed um it's just a shame obviously tops had to let themselves down with, uh, with the quality control on the checkers not even the description matching the picture on the front i don't know what your opinion is on on first sort of look at Chrome, but I don't think it's it's too bad for me. As I've said the previous episode, it leapfrogs above 2021 in my opinion. And I think it ranks in 2020, 2022, 2021. But I said, I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember Carl Kurtz to put a picture out and his checkered one just didn't even have a back at all. So I suppose, I don't know what you'd prefer, a different driver or just nothing at all. So like I say, they are really nice cards. It's a shame to have QC error, but... It, this one seems to be quite a big one. Like sometimes you get it where it's like a certain parallel, where there's a slight mark or there's, but this one seems like a lot of the checkers, no matter if it's 25, 50, 75, 99, it keep going all the way up to 399. I think it is or whatever it is now because it keeps going up and up and up. It's just a shame to see it, but seen some lovely cars being pulled this week. I've seen a couple to 25 Hamilton and Verstappen's that look incredible. So, and especially the actual circuit ones, I've, would say the fancy name for it, but I cannot remember the, for the life. Is there like Art de Grand Prix in it? Or yeah, something, I've or... seen big. So the big ones from flagship, flagship, but chrome big ones as well, and then maybe super super short prints or something. I see a gold one, and it was incredible. I think uh, Trade We pulled it in there first. Oh case yeah, it was such a beauty. So stuff like that is a massive W. I look forward to seeing some of them in person, hopefully at the London Card Show in a few weeks' time. But obviously. Before we move on to this next segment, briefly, we've seen what Premier League Prism is going to look like. Um, for anyone who knows the M NBA market or the NFL, you can always kind of tell what the Prism is going to look like because they kind of put it out on them products first, then it slowly builds back into the soccer industry. But from early signs, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, obviously, now it's just a waiting game of waiting to see the checklist. Um if I'm guessing, it's probably going to be about a month before the checklist because it's due out about the 22nd of February area. But it looks a really nice product. And uh, from what we've seen, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed. Obviously, there's going to be high print runs of everything, but the actual design at early stages looks really good. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I've seen a couple of stories put out asking for people's opinions as to whether the base design is a W or, or an L in terms of the new the new design. Um, I personally think it looks quite nice. I do, I do like the new base design. I think Prism never usually fails, dis never usually disappoints. Um, I think obviously for me, the standout was maybe Cardoscope. I think I was speaking about it before we come forward to start recording. Um, I wasn't sure whether it would be a case hit or not, but I think you're saying, I think Color Blast 
we're making an appearance again. And in my opinion, I do really, really like the colour blasts. I do definitely prefer the prism to the obsidian colour blast, the sort of the white background. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for me, prism is always good. I'm interested to see, just said, to see the checklist, see what players are going to be in there and what sort of other inserts or case hits or the print run of like Kaleidoscope, for example. Um, but yeah, I think, the, I think the new design for the base cards are quite nice. I like the black edging. Um, obviously, then with the, the usual in the middle. So yeah, I think I'm looking forward to it. As I said, it's the countdown to the checklist comes out now. Um, seeing sort of what what's going to be going on and sort of the pricing of the of the boxes. Um, but yeah, I think for me, first look is is uh, hopefully going to be a going to be a W. But you know, time will tell us when the the checklist comes out. Um, but yeah, hopefully, mate, it should be another successful prison release. Yeah, we look forward to it. And as soon as we have any more information on the checklist comes out, no doubt we'll be looking at it in depth because it is one of the more premier products and the one that you see a lot over here when it does start to get broken. But moving on from this, and obviously we're going to move into our second up. We're going to have someone join us in a second. But just first, we wanted to explain this new feature that we thought, uh, thought of as a lot of people when they're trying to join the hobby or thinking about expanding within the hobby, they don't really know what it's like to start breaking or selling or what to even do. So what we thought we would do in the year 2023, we'll be doing this every year, hopefully on the future, if we're still going like in 2024 and onwards, but 2023, we decided to go with a new, I would say a new started more in December, actually breaking and selling. It goes by LGL underscore breaks on Instagram and whatnot. And we're going to follow him during the year. Obviously he's a good friend of ours, it's Lewis. And what he'll be doing for us is literally helping us tell you what to expect because i'm not personally a breaker or a seller and whatnot or anything at all so hopefully we can try and help him grow during the year and like we say we'll pick someone every diff every year someone different someone completely different maybe we can go for a different sport next year mainly break soccer at the moment but harry i know this was one of our newer ideas but i think it's great to have be able to see people grow within a year and be able to document it for people and it just hopefully brings something a bit different to the UK scene that what well, no one's really done so far is actually allow someone to document their journey from hopefully small winter being a big time breaker. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, for a lot of the new joiners in the hobby that obviously listen and watch the podcast, um, it'd be good to them to physically see and hear the the journey that you know, Lewis has been on and will be on this year to to when he started out obviously collecting collecting cars just like me and you do to then making a jump to start breaking boxes, going and whatnot, going on Vought, and just, I guess, working his way into the breaking scene. You know, it's quite a, a flooded market. It's not exactly a, a niche in terms of your breaking and how to price the boxes and stuff like that. So, obviously, he's utilised the new platform in the UK whatnot. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I think he's had, a, he's had a blast. So, it'd be good for the new joiners to listen in and sort of see whether they can take stuff away from it, learn stuff, um, you know, hopefully they learn stuff from me and you every week, because if not, we're not doing our jobs properly. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to sort of, even for us to document how how he's got on from, you know, January to December, and it'll be a great thing to look back on in December, um, you know, hopefully around about what must be episode, maybe about 90, 95 at this point nearly in December, um, to then look back and then see when he started his breaking journey to where he's at in, in December. So yeah, it should be a really good little uh, feature we've got going on. Yeah, and I would say there's no better way we're going to get the man in right now. So we look forward to this. If you like the idea, let us know as well. And like we say, we'll consider in the future maybe launching something similar to this or even have a couple going at the same time. But no better way than let's get over to Lewis. He's going to come in and we're going to talk about everything coming up.
welcome back it welcome back is normally what i normally say during the new episode but we are in the second part of this one and we are now joined by the man we were talking about previously mr lewis from lgl breaks how you doing my friend yeah no i'm good thank you man delighted to be on here um i appreciate you having me on as well yeah like we say we've we were speaking to like we were talking about this earlier and it was an idea that kind of come up. I think I actually think I thought we was messaging each other it was quite late. I think we was about, about half 12, one o'clock in the morning. And for some reason, yeah. I had a light bulb moment in the middle of the night. For some reason, I'm laying in bed and I have my better ideas. So, yeah, like we we're saying, it's uh, like, thank you very much for agreeing for this. I think it'd be really cool, not just for us, but for yourself and also the listeners to document your journey along the route in 2023. Yeah, no, definitely. When you literally messaged me, I was like, you know what? That's a that's a good idea. Uh, I don't think we've any, really seen anything like that before. So I thought, you know what? It's good for someone to see what it's like as a breaker starting off and then the journey of them going through to see what they become as well. So I think, yeah, when you said it, I was like, let's definitely, definitely go ahead and do that. Yeah, and I think there's no better way to start when we're talking about getting into the hobby. Like it's always interesting. I always find it fascinating when we talk to people of how they actually got into the hobby because Obviously, most of it was over lockdown, and that's what most people have. But how did you get into the hobby? And obviously, now it, you're really making that strive into the next aspect of the hobby. Yeah. So to be fair, funny enough, February, literally, so next month will be two years since I got into the hobby. Um, so it'll be two years, then, which of course is crazy already. Um, so yeah, no, I was just speaking to one of my friends literally two years ago, pretty much to this day, and he was like, "I want to get into football cards." Um, then I was like, you know, I've always wanted to be interested in that. First of all, I never really wanted to get into football cards. It was always basketball cards. That's what I started off with. Um, so I was collecting my favorite player, Alonso Ball. He was collecting um, all of his Spanish players or whoever he wanted to collect at the time. And I was just getting into it that way. I didn't know nothing to do with numbered or any good set. I was just collecting base cards, Alonso. Literally anything I could see on eBay, I was grabbing for nice and cheap. And, and then as I was getting them, I was like, you know what, these are really nice. And then slowly but surely kind of learning what sets are better, getting numbered cards, what patches were, and then slowly and obviously getting better and learning different kind of cards and what's better and stuff. Yeah, I think that's the main thing everyone has at the beginning. I think we've all been there and all will admit that yeah. at the beginning, you think a base card could be the best card in the world. Then you actually yeah. realise, hold on, this is like 50p, whereas yeah. you can get to 99, 50, 25. Like I say, just touching on that, obviously... I had quite a say I first started with like NFL and NBA. It's very obviously more advanced the market for basketball. So how is it in just comparison before we talk about more into the actual breaking? How weird is it when you look at a basketball product and then you see the top product and realize it's like so far different of like printing things and how people are complaining for yeah, soccer yeah. that it's the 399. But we both know that you can get to out of a thousand in the basketball yeah. world. Yeah, basketball is crazy. Basketball, you have so many, so many number cards. There's so many to pick from. Alonzo like Ball has got tons of one-on-ones. Even in NFL, you got, um, for example, Tom Brady's probably got thousands of one-on-ones. The amount that's there is literally crazy. Um, so when I transitioned over to soccer, I noticed, cool, there's a lot less production for it. Um, so you do get a number card. The value is a little bit better for that as well. Yeah, I've no doubt that it's, it's a learning process. And I think that's the best way to sum this journey up that we're going to go together. And I know Harry's got a couple of questions for you, so I can actually rest my voice for a second and I can pass it on to my lovely co-host. <laughs> it's a perk having two of us on here, isn't it? You can rest your voice after a little while. Um, obviously, yeah, we've seen obviously uh, you going into your collecting side of things. And as you said, obviously late into last year, sort of starting to dip into sort of break in. 
what yeah. made you go and twist from that jump of just being a, a collector and collecting the cards you wanted to then move it into the, the break-in aspect of things? What made you sort of go, I guess, that jump over the pond, if you like? Yeah. Uh, to be fair, over the past year, year and a half since I've been collecting, literally I've entered tons and tons of breaks. It's always fun to enter breaks. Even if you get nothing or sometimes you can pull a lucky one. I've always thought, what would it be like to be on the other side and be the breaker? I've, I've always thought that. And since I went to the London Card Show, um, just speaking to a load of people there, a load of vendors, they said, look, you just got to go for it. If you want to do it, you just got to give it a try. Um, and I've always wanted to, to do it. In the back of my mind, literally like a year ago, I thought, I always want to start this. But I thought, you know what, let me get more, learn more about the hobby before I go ahead and get into that. Um, but it's always been something that's in the back of my mind, like breaking. It's just, it seems so fun. And since I started it, it's been a joy in my face the whole way through. Um, so yeah, so that's literally what I've always wanted to start it, to be fair. Yeah, wicked. Um, I think it's one of them things where break is probably not as straightforward and as easy as it probably is made out to be sometimes. You know, it's like, yeah, get a box in, break it, stick it on Instagram, stick it on whatnot and happy days. But it's yeah. that before getting the boxes, the after, the packaging, the sleeving, the top loading, the shipping, whatever, that probably you don't see necessarily on a live stream or on an Instagram live or anything like that. Um, what was probably the biggest challenge or hurdle that you've had to face so far that you maybe didn't think or didn't really take into consideration when you first started getting into break-in? Yeah, to be fair, similar kind of point that you said, because when you're the person that's buying in a, in a break, you just see, cool, you purchase and a card comes to you a few days later. Um, but as a breaker, you've got to make sure, cool, pretty much all the all the hits or a few of the nice cards are all sleeved. Um, and they're put into a team bag or into a nice, some nice bubble wrap and then a bubble envelope. And of course, you got to make sure you have sticky labels to put on top as well. So all that kind of stuff where you don't really know as the purchaser until you are a breaker. So making sure, of course, that you always get stocked up and that kind of stuff. As of course, I didn't know that at first. Um, my first stream, I got it and I was like, cool, now how do I ship everything off? Um, so I was a bit stuck. Then I was like, cool, let me think, of course, make sure i got padded envelopes, team bags and stuff. And yeah, so that was the first challenge, of course, just making sure that all the packaging materials and backing kind of stuff I learned properly. Yeah, I mean, how would you say, I guess maybe not easy is probably the wrong word to use, but how straightforward has it been for you to get product in? Because obviously, you know, you've got to probably have a fairly big supply or fairly constant supply of, of products, of cases, of boxes to, to break. So is it because you look for certain products or is it because you just sort of almost, you try and get whatever you can get your hands on? Because I'm sure it's probably, as I was saying to Ronnie prior, it's quite a flooded market as a, as a breaker um you've got a lot of competition on instagram on whatnot so in terms of like what you actually buy to break is there something you look out for specifically or is it just a case of anything that's popular in, in the market at the moment uh yes yeah, so firstly i started off and to be fair still doing them kind of just blaster boxes i've noticed a lot of people that started that i've seen on other platforms as well and such as whatnot are starting off with blasters merlin blasters world cup blasters that kind of stuff to ease themselves in um, so I put a story up, a few people messaging me saying, I've got Merlin Blasters, I've got this. Um, or just purchasing a few off of eBay, not really knowing the best kind of prices for them. But of course, I'm buying them in the UK, prices will be a little bit higher. Um, so you've got to take that into account, of course, where you're starting. Because if you're not buying a high quantity, for example, in America, of course, you're going to buy a smaller quantity in the UK for a higher price. Um, but as a smaller breaker, that you're going you're gonna to have to do that. Um, so that was, of course, the challenge, making sure that I'm trying to find product for a good price, even though I am buying it in the UK. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, before we got a couple more questions, but before I hand it back over to, to Ronnie, if you could give, let's say, a listener or a watcher right now or the, or the podcast 
one bit of advice if they're looking to get into breaking um yeah. what would that piece of advice be uh to be fair it's pretty much plain and simple you just got to literally be confident and just go for it um i feel like you've got to be quite confident behind the course or the phone of course the phone being in front of you and um, be confident make sure you're quite interactive with people if that's your kind of personality which i feel like i am which i've noticed from my first stream i'm just quite upbeat um just try and interact with a lot of people, try and be, of course, kind, make sure you're giving a good service. Um, so people are looking to get into that. Make sure, of course, you've got a bit of product as well um, coming in so you can do quite a few streams. Make sure you're just giving a good service to people, um, being nice on a stream and just and just that, really. Yeah, because I guess once you get to a certain point, you almost create a bubble of people that, you know, you're that come back to all of the streams and to come back to all of the breaks and that you find that, like, you know, you're always sort of entering into breaks. So you almost create a little... I don't say family, but it's almost like a little, you know, close circle that you find will always gravitate back towards as a breaker once you've got that trust and that sort of, you know, service to a certain level, people will start coming back to you, which obviously is, I yeah. guess, not as a breaker. I would assume is obviously massively important in, yeah. in the breaking scene. Um, but so yeah, I will uh, flick the mic back over to, to Ronnie with a couple more questions I think he's got for you. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's, it's brilliant to say on it. Like the community that you build is it's amazing in the card world that community. That's what I was after. Not I was gonna buy it after <laughs> nice and polite, but just like obviously recently you've gone over to Whatnot. So how has that been like starting up on Whatnot? Because I can imagine obviously it's very US orientated because it's very new yeah. So how has that been at the beginning? And actually is it making it a lot your life easier being on a streaming platform rather than like the Instagram sales of which used to be really popular a year and a half, two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, so of course with Instagram, you've got to make sure you're always chasing people up for payments. Um, that's a lot, of course, why people moved over these, to these kind of platforms. What not, I think it's a great platform. Like I said, I've already just started. So um, me kind of starting it, I didn't really know how many users are going to be on it, especially in the UK, of course, it's massive in America. So I was always nervous about, of course, there are going to be a lot of people on here. Um, as I know, there's not really much big breakers that are on one at the moment. It's quite, of course, um, there's not really many breakers. And so when going on it, and um, I was a bit nervous at first, but I have noticed there's, I've amassed quite a few followers already, which I'm very happy about. Um, so of course, I can see there's an audience there. Um, still viewers are getting pulled, which are good. Even though I haven't got an amazing amount of followers, I'm still putting a decent amount of viewers as well, which is great. Yeah, when I've stopped in quite a few times, I've been quite impressed because I really never knew the whatnot scene in the UK and how popular it was, especially obviously everyone's been in the late night US ones over time where there's there've been two to three people in some of the big streams out there. And to see you doing very well is really good to see. And but if if when you started you'd knew you'd get would you expect to be at this many followers already? Or is it like the progress you've been really happy with at the moment? The progress I've been literally very happy with. I think I'm on 172 followers as we're um, recording this. Um, I've literally only seven streamed as well. So I don't know what that would average out to be, but maybe 30 something followers a stream or 30 followers, um, which I think is literally great. As in, if I just started, it's not like, for example, I was breaking much on Instagram before. If I was breaking on Instagram, had a load of followers over there and then pushed people over to one, now, I'd understand having quite a few followers. But where, to be fair, I'm literally just brand new on whatnot. Um, I'm pretty happy with how it's gone and I can't wait to just keep going, man. Yeah, like I say, it's it's a really promising future, obviously, for the LGL underscore breaks brand. But coming forward, have you got any like short-term goals that you want to be achieving or even stuff that you want to be aiming towards ripping? Because 
obviously breaking is quite a thing of you've got to keep it interesting and lively. So is there any products that and products and goals that you're actually looking forward to breaking and actually thinking this could take me to that next level? Yeah. Uh, so, of course, at the moment, just doing blasters. Um, I know people do like them, but of course, it's not the, the higher end products. At the moment, of course, Tops Deco is doing very well. Tops Deco I definitely want to bring in, hopefully this week. Um, of course, prices are quite high in the resale, but that's something you're going to have to pay as a breaker if you want to bring that kind of content to your streamers, uh, to your viewers, sorry. Um, so that's definitely something I want to bring in. And of course, months down the line, eventually case breaks. I do love entering case breaks. They're just, just great. Uh, so of course, to go ahead and host one, that'd just be, that'd be crazy. Case breaks are definitely the goal soon. Yeah, definitely. I think everyone loves a case break. Obviously, it's that bit more money, but it gives you that better chance of actually hitting something. Yeah. Like I say, um, you've had quite a few blasters so far. I believe it's Merlin, Chrome, uh, World Cup Prison, and you've also done some Tops Japan. So have you, any of these products, have you actually thought, actually, even going forward, these could be a good alternative to keep on? Because like you say, especially yeah. the Merlin Blasters, they seem to be very popular. Yeah, no, Merlin Blasters are great. To be fair, I brought in a few World Cup Blasters and it's only brought in a couple of Merlin Blasters. Um, and the Merlin Blasters, everyone was like, let's run the Merlin, let's run the Merlin. So it's definitely something that even long-term I could I could carry and run in, whether that be maybe a five-box break, 10-box break, instead of just doing a single box. Um, you can do bigger ones. And then even when doing case breaks, maybe in between, chuck a little Merlin Blaster in. Um, so there's loads of different kind of variations I can do. But I think Blasters are still a good thing long-term. Um, for a nice cheap little break if someone can't afford that kind of case break or a top chrome hobby for example they can't really afford that spot it's nice for them to join a little blaster um, for a nice and cheap spot so we know that you're going to be at like camping out when they come out and game again you'll be the first one yeah. in all the stores definitely I Wait, i'll be there with him <laughs> yeah definitely i would try to come around the queue every time to pick up more <laughs> no, like, like we say obviously you've got you're on around 170 followers at the moment is is that a really important thing to you to actually obviously grow in your followers, not just on whatnot, but Instagram as well? So is that, have you set yourself maybe a goal like this year to hit that you'd like to go for? Yeah, no, I definitely got a load of goals. Even before what Harry was saying about kind of having like a community as well. I've noticed that throughout my streams, I've had a lot of people kind of re-coming in, purchasing a load of stuff, whether I'm doing single sales, whether I'm doing breaks. They're entering literally both, which, of course, is great to have a lot of repeat people. And, of course, them, of course, knowing me from, of course, being quite low as well to becoming bigger. Um, so I reckon goals-wise, by the end of 2023, uh, long-term guide, hopefully reach like a 1,000 followers. That would be crazy. Um, as I know a lot of the bigger breakers have got around that kind of kind of number on their platforms as well. Um, of course, they might have been doing it longer, which is fine. But, of course, it's good to have them big goals. Um, so a 1,000 followers by the end of the year is what I'm definitely, uh, definitely strive for. No, definitely. I think we we're going to look forward, especially like we say, checking in along the route with you. And I'm going to, before I pass that out, I've got one question. And if there was one product, like obviously everyone looks at like your eminence as the top end, but actually as a fan of the hobby yourself, is there a certain box that you'd love to rip and it will be on like the, the hit list of what you want to bring in and actually crack? Oh, it's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, there's a load of great products, a load. I think to be fair, um, I've entered majority of the time is just Topps Chrome Hobby. I just love Topps Chrome. Either Topps Chrome Hobby or even the Lightbox. The Lightbox, sometimes you can pull some hits out of them. And they're quite cheap breaks as well. Um, so Topps, I reckon Chrome Hobby would be a very nice one. Um, and then eventually even doing a case break of Topps Chrome Hobby, that would be, be nice. I do love that set, to be fair. 
well. You know, we know what you're going to do. Basically, you're going to get everything Arsenal related in because you know you've got two yeah. suckers that are going to be, <laughs> be bidding each other up for the spots. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to do a PYT and just let you know. Cool, it's up now, and then Steve gets it first. No, I definitely won't be using. Can you shield it and whatnot or not? Be <laughs> <laughs> pumping the price of every five minutes. Yeah, I'll, you, you know what it's yeah. going to do. You're going to see LGL Brett. It's going to be Arsenal spot, then Jacker spot, and he's going. I, yeah, he's going to put a picture of me next to it. He knows I'm going to be drawn yeah. into it. Yeah, no one else bid, but, but Ronnie. That's literally it. That, but that sounds perfect. So I don't know, Harry, if you've got any other questions before we just talk about obviously other stuff in here. Um, I guess a, a question that I probably I popped into my head is, is it just predominantly football you want to be going into or is it a case if you want to touch into the, the basketball or, you know, you've got, for example, F1 Lights Out is going to be coming out soon as well, which in my opinion is quite a, an affordable break in terms of like the price of some spots or the PYT, um, also random, sorry. Um, also, you know, you probably, at the moment you're just doing football, but is it a case if you wanted to sort of branch into your basketball or your F1, or is it just a case if you want to stick to what you know and just carry on with with football? Yeah. Uh, to be fair, like I said at the start, I started this hobby off with basketball, with NBA cards. So that's definitely something that I will eventually branch out to because um, I'm very big on basketball. I, I watch it quite a lot because my favourite player being Lonzo. Uh, I know the NBA hoop set literally just dropped as well. A lot of people have got that. Um, so them kind of products are, are good to rip. It's just about, as I'm building a soccer audience or football audience at the moment, um, I don't know how maybe bringing in that reception would work, uh, but it's definitely something that I'll look into. I'm not, I don't really know much about NFL, so that's probably something I would, I would leave out. But F1, again, something, you said the lights out would be a good one to bring. Of course, just making sure that I know a lot more about the kind of sport and the cards and the kind of hits to get as well. Once I learn that kind of stuff, I can definitely bring in um, a lot more stuff. Yeah, I guess it's like, like you mentioned, you, you build a community around probably a sport as opposed to uh, as a, a breaking as such. You know, you can build a community around football break, football breaks, but then you bring F1 into the equation, you know, 75% of your community may not even be interested in F1. So it's about finding that right balance, really, isn't it, in terms of branching out into other sports as opposed to sticking to, to what you do, what you do normally. Um I mean, for me, that's probably pretty much the only thing I would question I would maybe touch on is if you could re-watch this episode when we're in December and you know we're 12 months down the line, um, you know, what we touched on really you want to be hitting maybe like a thousand followers by the end of the year. Um, have you got a, a sort of um a plan in terms of how many breaks you'll be doing a week? Um, you know, have you got a plan in terms of getting stuff posted out, you know. I know you pretty much really touched on the subject of like a thousand followers, but do you have a goal in terms you want to set as to how many breaks you're doing per week or is it okay you just taking each each week as it comes and, and going from there? Um, yeah, so at the moment, what I'm thinking to do is I'm not really doing it too much at the moment. I'm probably doing around two streams a week, um, but I want to push to the three and four. Um, again, of course, doing more streams, you get your name out there more. Um, so that'd be, of course, good to do. Um, but definitely, I reckon three streams a week, um, long term, would definitely be good. Of course, myself working to make sure I've got enough time to do the streams. And then um, I probably will be doing a Sunday single stream as well. Um, so, of course, doing three breaks and like a single stream on a Sunday. As I have found out um, or found that when I've been doing single streams on Sunday, a lot of people are liking it. Um, I had quite a few people in there. People are loving the singles. As of course, you have kind of them two different audiences, people that like breaks and people that like singles. Um, I've noticed that I have the same people for singles and the same people for breaks. Um, so, of course, people sometimes don't really want to risk a break. They go, because well, if I spend £10, am I going to get anything? I might just get base. But they'd rather spend £10 on a card. They know, cool, I've got I've got this card. 
So probably streams, three streams a week, well, four streams a week, sorry, three breaks, one single stream. And I think for long term, that'll be that'll be quite good. Yeah, definitely. I think it sounds like you got a got pretty pretty good plan in play. Obviously, going into into this year as to what you wanna what you wanna achieve. Um, so I mean, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much all all sweet. And that's one. You got anything else you wanna you wanna add, mate, or ask ask Lou? Yeah, like I say, it's moving on to like the single ones, and obviously we're all we me and Harry we've spoken about it quite a few times in the last. Obviously, the London card shows coming up very soon. Yeah. Um, is that going to be quite an interesting field for you now to go to because. Whereas before you've just gone in as a collector, actually yeah. now having a business of breaking and also singles, is it going to change your perception of actually going in there and actually change what you're looking for? Uh, def- <clears throat> sorry, definitely 100%. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got a cough. Uh, definitely 100%. So um, when I usually go, I kind of look for kind of before PC stuff, what a PC, um, for example, I see Alonso, I'll collect Alonso, or I'm collecting Rodrigo and um, Mudrick at the moment. So if I saw them, I would I would collect them or try and find them. Um, but at the moment, of course, with now being a breaker and doing single streams, I'll definitely go in there and look for what people kind of like for streams. So for example, people love autos, people love patches, um, all kind of numbered cards. Um, of course, quite liquid people as well. For example, Pedri's, the Gavis, them kind of people who people like, they love the Messi's, for example. So definitely I'll be looking for them to have a players, numbered, patches, autos, um, and literally anything kind of that kind of vibe I'd definitely be looking for. Um, and maybe kind of buying a bigger bulk as well. So for my single streams, um, for example, maybe I'm not doing a single, maybe doing like a bulk, for example, 10, 10 numbered cards and doing it that way instead. But yeah, going into the London card show would definitely be more of a looking for kind of whatnot cards, which would be quite big on my mind. Yeah, like I mean, I said, while you're at London as well, you've probably got a, a wide selection of boxes you can pick up as well. I know there's always a lot of product at, at London. So as well as looking out for singles to put on whatnot, you've also got the uh, the prospect of picking up a potential product to then rip on whatnot as well. So I guess you go into the show compared to where you were last time going to London, you're probably looking at a completely different set of eyes than you probably would have done, say, you know, in back at London in November. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it might have been. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. That's definitely correct. Yeah, so of course, a completely different mindset going into the London Card Show this time. Of course, still going in to have fun, interacting with people. Um, that's, of course, why I've started streaming as well. That's one big thing. That kind of interaction we have with people um, is just it's just literally lights up my day. Literally, like people loving the cards they see, entering breaks, kind of having that community like you can build, we said before, is great, man. So, yeah, picking up some nice stream uh, cards for streaming and whatnot. And, yeah. Also, yeah, Lou, you will be with uh, with myself on on Saturday at London, won't you? Um, yeah. Obviously, and you will be with obviously us and obviously Ronnie on on a Sunday as well. So, if you do come and see either of these two, I don't know what way I'm pointing, whatever yeah. way of me, me and Ronnie, and you see Lou with us, come and give us a shout, come and say hello. Um, but yeah, looking looking forward to London now. Yeah, and no, I think as well, also for London cars. So, eventually, I think a goal of mine would be a vendor as well. Um, I think that's definitely a goal um, in the future, of course, maybe not in the one, obviously not this one, maybe not the next one, but the one after, of course, making sure that I've got enough stock, a load of singles, a load of slabs, um, of course, stocking up for that kind of stuff, but, but definitely being a vendor. Some live breaks as well. Yeah, no, definitely. That's also something else as well. So sitting there doing a load of live breaks, um, I think it would be a, be a great idea. Yeah, I think just touching on that one, I think, uh, that's one thing I've always been intrigued about is obviously the difference of people buying raw and buying graded. So is, yeah. that, is that a thing that you're going to be looking into quite a lot in terms of making sure you've got a peripheral, great word, 
love that word and everyone can quote me on this episode of actually saying a fancy word I'm happy <laughs> uh, the difference of graded and raw because there's no doubt that some people prefer to naturally just have it graded so they don't yeah. have to worry about sending it off and waiting for it to come back yeah yeah no definitely 100 percent um what i've noticed at the moment is what obviously streaming at the moment i've noticed people do like raw um of course they are getting the carpet cheaper of course when you have got a psa 10 the price of it is a lot higher people can't really kind of uh, uh, fork into that price um so when you are getting for example i sold an amanya vidic um Top Decker also on a string the other day for £60 out of 25 Um, Of course, it's the Manchester United fan that picked that up. Um, so, of course, that was a nice little card. Them kind of cards I definitely want to bring in. Low-numbered autos, um, whether they be graded or not, I think both kind of variations are good. Um, but, yeah, I'll bring in a lot more higher-end kind of slabs, like you said, to see what the audience will bring. If that audience is good, that will be something I'll bring in, I'll bring in more. And the last one, obviously, we're just talking about raw and talking about graded. Is there vintage as well you'd be interested to get into? Because I feel like there's a bit of a gap in the market for that at the moment. And I think it's obviously growing in popularity a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. 100%. Vintage is growing day by day, literally. Um, I'm, I'm not even too clued up about the vintage game right now. But it's definitely something that I want to tap into for myself, literally PCing. Um, I was speaking about this, I believe, with you guys the other day, um, about kind of vintage. And I want to collect Jordan Muller. I think Jordan Muller, of course, won a... As a, was a great player, of course, holds so many records. Um, so he's definitely someone I want to PC. But also bringing vintage into whatnot streams as well. As I know, people do love vintage. And when people really recognise what the vintage market is, when they really kind of understand it, it'll definitely be something a lot of people will tap into. So it's good for literally everyone to get in kind of now, why it's at a low kind of market. And when it does pick up, there'll be a load of people interested in it. Definitely. I think it's a great point. And the last question for me, and it's quite an open one, really, if there was someone listening to this episode right now or watching along, what is that one thing you would say to them that you wish someone told you maybe three, four months ago? Okay, so it's a good point. It's a good, good, good question. So when I first started breaks, I thought it was, to be fair, a lot harder than it was. Um, I always thought, yeah, and that's something that I, I want to do, but I just don't think I can. Um, so, of course, firstly, just overcoming that kind of that fear of just, kind of not knowing if you want to do it if you want to do it if you want to do it you just got to start it also kind of not having the best setup i know a lot of people you can see as streams have backgrounds of their logos um have literally stands have everything to start you don't need all of that just a nice little setup a few little plain stands that kind of stuff to get started so you don't need to kind of fork out on everything to kind of start just that nice little setup, a little stand a little plain background and you can actually get started that way. That's what I didn't really know at the start. I thought, oh, I see everyone having stands, backgrounds. I was like, cool, let me wait till I get that. But then I was like, you know what? Let me just start without all of that. Um, and I, I'm getting all of that kind of shortly. I've ordered that already. So I can't wait to bring that in. Um, but yeah, so just making sure you don't need all of that fancy stuff just to get started. I think that's brilliant advice. And like you say, thank you ever so much for agreeing for this series over the year. And like we say, we're already looking forward to the next aspect. Obviously, we'll be with you at the London Card Show. So yeah. we'd love to, obviously, from me and Harry, from everyone listening, we wish you all the best for the, this calendar year and ongoing. But we really do look forward to seeing your growth within the hobby and hopefully pulling us some lovely cards along the way and obviously pulling everyone else some lovely cards. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I appreciate you guys having me on this series. It'll be great, of course, coming on uh, next whenever I come on to show people my growth as well, to show, of course, people how... Um, how easy it is to start then of course how you can grow as well so it'd be great for people to go ahead and see and hopefully i can pull you guys some bangers and pull a load of one-on-ones for a load of people as well yeah like i said we can't wait to see the journey and help document it along the way and who knows some special content along the way but 
it's been an absolute fantastic episode yet again. Obviously, started with us gloating about North London Derby and it's ending with a new series. So it's been a great episode. We're looking forward to bringing you a very special episode next week with tickets and slabs, which will be broadening the horizon on actually that industry, whole thing ticket related, because everyone's still quite a novice in it. But like we say, we hope everyone out there does stay safe. Make sure you're buying a lot, selling a lot, doing whatever you want. But most importantly, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're listening. But most importantly, happy obbying and good night.